Welcome back to another episode of the podcast from the depths of darkness to the light of success. I am your host, Chris Swick. And on this podcast, we talk about mental health, addiction, anything anyone's struggling with in the world today. We like to talk about it and that stigma around all those things people are afraid to talk about and make people afraid to talk about them, not to talk about them. Sorry, champion, Olympic gold medal, medalist, author of two books. We got Theo Fleury on the show today, guys. I'm super, super excited. But Theo, I like to start off my show asking, how is your mental health today? It's a challenge every day. And if I don't, if I don't take care of or doing my daily routine and whatever, then yeah, of course I'm going to struggle. Or if I don't pick up the phone and call people and tell them that I'm not doing well, then, then obviously I, I struggle a bit. But in, in this present moment, yeah, things are really good. And, and that's the thing about mental illness, ebbs and flows. And I think when you accept it and then work with it, then I think those ebbs and flows are, the valleys are less and the, and the highs are, are, are not as high. And it's, I would say it's a daily reprieve based on what I do. That's what it is. If you don't do anything, you're probably going to continue to struggle, but if you, and, and it's all tied in like trauma, mental health and addiction are all together. They all live in the same house. And if I don't take care of my addiction, if I don't take care of my mental health issue, if I'm not working on my trauma issues, then I'm probably going to struggle meant no way around it. And I like that you say that too. Like, it's like the old saying is if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, that's the definition of insanity. You got to change your ways, your people, places, your things. And if you which, don't do that, which is where we are. We're in that sort of insanity space sometimes. And we get to the point where we got to move out of that space. What does moving mean? Moving helps with the mental illness, right? Action helps with the mental illness. And talking about it moves the mental illness. The, the one thing I think we've done a really poor job of in this space is the campaigns, right? One in five Canadians, one in four Canadians. And what we're doing is we're adding to the stigma by saying that phrase because we're shaming the one person who has mental illness. And in my research, and I've been in this space for, geez, almost 14 years now, is it's five and five, right? It's all of us. And because it's the biggest epidemic on the planet, the only way out of it is if we all jump on board. And that's how you get out of things is you first acknowledge the fact that we all have some sort of mental health challenge and the simple fact that we continually are saying one in four, one in five or whatever. And then we're telling the other four out of five that they're okay. And then those four out of five are the people that are in denial or don't want to deal with it. And so they pile on to the, to that one person and they use phrases like, why don't you just get over it? All that stuff. And so as a mental health advocate, I would say my biggest challenge every day as an advocate is stigma. I love that you say that though, too, because I, I got sick of even from family members. Why don't you get over it? Why don't you just do this? Why don't you just do that? If you know how easy it is, then why the fuck you just do it too? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And then we get all these mixed messages from Big Pharma, you know, that there's a magic pill. Sorry, there isn't a magic pill. There's a Band-Aid solution. And I understand there are certain afflictions that need medication. The more extreme stuff like bipolar and, and schizophrenia and these kind of things need medication. But for general anxiety and depression, it's attitude. It's attitude. Yeah, it starts with attitude or I, yeah. I like And then doing work. And then doing work. Like for sure. If you don't do the work. Your, your mental illness isn't going to go away. You have to do the work. It's as simple as that. And what is the work? Well, there's 10,000 different ways to heal. There's many different ways. You just got to find your formula that 
helps you stay out of the ebbs and like the deep valleys or the high highs. You just want to go along like this, where it's just nice and smooth. Because what's the ultimate goal in mental health or mental illness or mental health challenges? Peace, joy, happiness, and serenity. That's the ultimate. And, and how do I get good insights, Theo? I love those insights because it's so true. There is no magic pill. You are, but for the more severe mental illnesses and stuff, but for myself, I find if I don't get up and write down my gratitude list, write down, read my affirmations every morning, hit that gym four to five times a week. I I find myself going like this or going up on the highs and stuff like that. I I just, those are the things that I have to have a routine and a structure. And I got that today in being clean and sober. But if I wasn't clean and sober, I'd be all over the damn map, man. It'd be a, be like a crazy zigzag race across the map, man. The insanity that you talked about. And I I find that when you're inside of your own, that's the worst place you can be for people who suffer with mental health challenges is you you can't be in your own head. What you need to do is you need to get into the heart space because that's where all the good stuff is, right? Compassion, empathy, forgiveness, vulnerability. That's where all the good stuff lives. That's where all the healing. And if you can tap into that space, you're well on your way. Sky's the limit, right? Because our... Our brains are wired for negativity. It's our, it's our survival system. It's our survival mechanism. And when you're inside of your own head, your brain is always making up scenarios that are never going to happen. And that's why I always say, get into that heart space because that's where the healing is. That's where, that's where it all is. Cause your heart, your heart doesn't. I like that you say that, man. I like that you say it. I got a, I got a couple questions for you too. So what are you able to do in your life now? that you weren't able to do before you got sober, Theo? My life is way more manageable. That's for sure. When, you know, the, the first step is unmanageable. And, but I think you can lump trauma in, into that statement. I think you can lump mental illness into that statement. I think you can lump addiction into that because it's all unmanageable. I'm living in my past. I'm living in my trauma and those traumatic experiences have left me in emotional pain and suffering, which is mental illness. So how do I deal with it? Tend to gravitate towards the dark side of life. Can involved as in addictions as a coping mechanism to suppress the emotional pain from the trauma experience. And so I have to unpack all of that. And how do I do that? Well, it takes courage, it takes courage and revealing the trauma is the first step in the process. It's like when I stand on stage and say, I was raped 150 times by my coach. And it's amazing what my audience does. Everybody's head hits the floor. Uh, drops. Yeah, because they somehow feel responsible for me being raped 150 times. So they pass that shame onto me. But because I've gone through the process of healing, I don't pick up on that anymore. That's just my story. This is my story. I always tell people, you get to tell your story whichever way you want. Why? Because it's it's not my story, it's your story. And the simple fact that a lot of people don't want to listen to the trauma piece is the reason why we're in the state of epidemic proportions in this space. Is trauma is the catalyst. Trauma, Trauma is what brings us into the mental health space and trauma is what brings us into the addiction space. And until we talk about it, it's still, because trauma gets stored in the body. Trauma gets stored in the body. And so we're, when we're under stress from that trauma or just day-to-day life stuff, what happens is we produce this chemical in our body called cortisol, okay? And cortisol 
is like acid in our body. What happens is it starts to fray the nervous system. It's so acidic that it starts to fray the nervous system. And that's why fall into depression, we fall into anxiety, panic. And so what is the antidote for cortisol? There's a, a little chemical that we produce called oxytocin, which is the drug of love and connection. And when we find those connections and we produce that oxytocin, the oxytocin sucks up the cortisol and then our body starts to repair itself. That's amazing, man. Like just thought that breakdown of that. And I, w I hope everyone hears that too, because until I learned about that oxytocin and the cortisol thing, it took me a long time to get over my trauma. Once I started, I'll be honest, once I read your stories and stuff, it gave me the courage to come out about what happened to me as a child too. Yeah. And it took me 20. That's how, that's how this works. Yeah, exactly. Well, storytelling is one of the oldest ways of communication and, and for some reason, we were taught that you can't talk about this. Stuff. That's the subliminal message globally that, sorry, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that story. In my experience, what happened to me is common, not uncommon. And once Very we common. realize that, and once we open up a space for trauma, then we're going to be going down the right path of getting people healed. That's why, that's why I see it. I think you're right, man. Once I've, I've created this platform for everyone to share their story and hear other stories and stuff. Cause I believe everyone's story is valuable. It doesn't matter what walk of life you come from. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're homeless on the street or made millions and millions of dollars playing in the NHL or whatever. Yeah. We all have a story. I don't care what the hell anyone says. Everyone has a story. Everyone's had trauma somewhere in their life too. Yeah. It might not have been sexually abused. It might be physically, it might be emotionally, mentally. Everyone's had trauma though. Spiritually. Yes. And it's amazing how many people I work with who are strongly, who doesn't, who don't have a spiritual base. And to me, that's the key to all this because about five years into my own personal sobriety, I hit a wall and I was like, if this is what sobriety is all about, then I, I don't, I might as well drink because the only thing I'm not doing is I'm not drinking. I'm angry, I'm resentful, I'm pissed off, all these things, right? And then I remembered that the first three steps in the program is spirituality. And then once I grasped onto the, to the concept of finding my, a God of my own understanding, then I went to the next level of healing. That was the kicker for me too. I had to. Yeah. And I, I mean, most, most people who it is on the other side have that concept. That once I found out I didn't have to believe, say, Jesus or God, an actual yeah. God or whatever, my higher power, to be honest, is my kids and the world that's out there today, just the sunshine and stuff. That's my higher power today. Yeah. And, and once I was able to realize that, and one of my sponsors a long time ago said to me, Chris, it's not about God. It's not about Jesus. It's not about in the church we sit, sit in. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's about whatever you believe in. But what is, what is the church? The church is community. The church yes. is oxytocin. The church is oxytocin. The drug of love and connection. Not oxycotton. Hear that guys. It's oxytocin. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's an, ultimately it's about relationship, right? That's what spirituality is. It's relationship. And the one relationship that I neglected the most was what? The one I had with myself. Because after my abuser left my life, what did I do? I abused myself. I took over. And then 16 years ago, 17 years ago, I have a fucking loaded pistol in my mouth, ready to pull the trigger. That's where pour me, pour me another drink playing the victim, got right? Because there was zero honesty. There was zero willingness. There was zero open. And then I said, fuck it. 
I want to live. So I better figure out how to live one day at a time. Based on life's terms. Yeah, exactly. Let go and, and be grateful for that, whatever you want to call it, God, Allah, Buddha, Jehovah, tree in your backyard, whatever. Be grateful for the fact that they gave us adversity. Okay. And what does adversity do? Adversity builds resilience. So I'm grateful for the adversity. I'm grateful for the resilience because now throw whatever the fuck you want at me. I'll figure it out because I have resilience. If I could survive my parents, if I can survive my abuser, there's nothing I can't overcome, but I needed those lessons. I needed those lessons. And by having those experiences, it actually pointed me in the direction of my purpose, my true purpose, not being a hockey player, but helping people overcome challenges by using my story as an example. I like that you say that it's so true. Like my purpose changed once I got clean and sober too. And once I started this podcast and so many other things and had a clear mind, my purpose was to help others too, just by sharing other stories. And it's just amazing to see the growth in the community around myself too. I love yeah. to say that about finding your purpose, finding your why. Well, that, what role has fear played in your journey, Theo? Fear is always there, right? Fear is at the end of my finger every day, every day. And I choose, I can either choose to sit in it or I can choose to be open, honest, and willing and deal with it. Right. Those are the choices. What's interesting is I, I found my tribe. I have a tribe of people who have, who I have collected along the way who completely understand me. And you know what? That's all I need. Because ultimately, if I got a job description or a job title, it would be, I collect people. That's what I do for a living. I collect people. It's as simple as that. And you're doing a damn good job at it too. When you are sitting across from book, somebody who's struggling and you listen to their story and you turn on the light bulb for them and they have one of those aha moments, they never leave. You have, they're there with you for life. It's so true. Like when I've talked to so many people along the way, whether through the show or even at the gym or people that have reached out to me that I don't even know yeah. in real life through social media and just, they enjoy what they hear and they keep coming back for more or ask me for advice. Or I have family members now that I have cousins that I told them I'm done with you until you can get your shit together. I had to cut people out along the way too. Old yeah, family members. Those boundaries are. Boundaries are key. They're key to, for our, so that we don't get hurt anymore. And what that whole family dynamic is such a hard thing to insert boundaries with, right? You know, but you got to do it. Otherwise you're going to be right back into the insanity of drama and chaos. Cause a lot of people are addicted to drama and chaos. I know I was right. If there was no chaos, if there was no drama, I created it because it's the only place I felt safe and comfortable. I think most addicts and alcoholics and whatnot are people that have been through the things we've been through or we don't have the same story, but we can relate. Yeah. And because we collect enablers and the enablers are addicted to chaos and drama as well. And why? Eventually the enablers get sick because we make them sick and they leave. And then we're like, oh my God, nobody's going to pick me up and dust me off and tell me everything's okay. Holy shit, I better get my shit together. Otherwise I'm going to be alone for the rest of my life. And you come to that realization. So true, man. So true. 
What's the best advice you could give to someone or anyone that's still struggling with addictions, Theo? Surrender. I love that one. It is just surrender. Admit that you are powerless. Yeah. yeah. Surrender. That's it. It's that simple. Get on your knees, pray to whatever. So yeah. true. Just get down and just start asking for help. You don't even need anyone in the room to ask for help for, man. Just start doing it. We keep it simple. Stupid. Yeah. And oh shit, I forgot what I was going to say, but yeah, we're egomaniacs with the inferiority complexes. That's as simple as that. What do you mean? I got to get on my knees. Yeah. You got to get on your knees. Otherwise you're going to keep drinking. It's when you look at people or people look at you that have asked you for some advice or help and they're like, what do you mean? Just you asked me for help or some advice. Just, just do it. This is what helped me. So it might help you. I'm not saying it's going to, but give it a try. When I walked into the rooms, man, it was those old guys. It was those old guys. They just, it was like, Hey, I need some help. Fucking surrender. And then they walk away because it's, it, it is, it's that simple, honest. And, and then you see them in the next meeting and you go, they go, did you get on your knees? No, I wasn't going. I go, it's not going very well. Get on your fucking knees. Or, or the people not, not poking fun of them, but. Or I have other people that reach out. I, I relapse again. And it's okay to relapse. Relapse is part of everyone's recovery. What did I tell you at the beginning? Pick up that fucking phone. Not pick up the <laughs> drug dealer's number. You, get, yeah. you were given phone numbers at that last meeting for a reason. Or yeah. are you saying, are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Like, you know, get off the fucking hamster wheel. There's a better way to do this. Exactly. Be tired. And if you're not tired, well, I guess just keep on going out and doing some more research then. When you're done doing research, I tell them, come back and see me. Then. Yeah. Yeah. It's the simple fact that some people think they can have one or two drinks. And I'm like, okay, can we try? You think you're that strong enough and you have that much willpower, but you did admit that you were an alcoholic. So admitting you're an alcoholic and drinking, what is that? That's like ox, that's like an oxymoron, right? Well, I think it is an oxymoron. No. And eventually you see them back in the rooms and they're like, and I go, how did it go? And it's like, well, it was fucking awful. This one was the worst one I've had ever. Yeah. Because you let the beast back in, you let the stinking thinking, you let the, you let the addiction take over again. And I always say that alcohol and drugs and all that stuff, when I put that shit in my body, it's like a solvent. The shit starts disappearing fast. Family, homes, cars, jobs, everything disappears when I put that shit in my body. So yeah. I'm just not going to put it in my body anymore. Yeah. Right. All bets are off if I touch anything. Yeah. Especially with mine being in hibernation now for almost 16 years. <laughs> Can you imagine? Well, that's ugly. That's uh, ugly. And I'm getting too old to recover yeah. from that shit. I love that saying. I have another relapse in me, but. I don't have another. One of the old timers, an old biker that used to come yeah. go to the meetings I went to, he said the same thing and, I, and that stuck with me for, a, and it has to this day. He said this, I have another relapse, but you won't find me back here. That's what he says all the time, man. So you just, just don't do it. End of story. And if you want to pick up the fucking phone. Exactly. What is one thing you think every human should learn how to do in today's society, Theo? Compassion, empathy, and forgiveness. There isn't enough of that out there these days. I, I see it a lot. Like sometimes I just have to shut off the phone or when I yeah. go on social media, there's no need to bash people. I like that you say that though. They make a post and that means something to them there. If you have nothing nice to say, just fucking move along. Use my language. And like I said, that's the hard space stuff. That's where you need to get to. Cause that's where all the healing 
is, isn't it? It's so true. There's most of us have had our hearts broken at some point. And when we mend that piece, the process of mending the heart space is it's going to teach you compassion. It's going to teach you empathy. It's going to teach you forgiveness. And when you have those characteristics, throw whatever you want out, bring it on. So true, man. Like the healing starts from the inside out. It doesn't start on the outside. And you got to start with yourself before you can help anyone else. You got to learn to love yourself. It goes right back to that. Yeah. Because if you don't love yourself, what the fuck are you doing in a relationship? Because it's just going to be a shit. Because if you don't love yourself, then all the insecurities come out, mistrust, you know, all, all these things, right? Over the course of the last while too, I've been learning not to be selfish because that, that between yeah, selfish and my ego, it's to learn to be selfless. Yeah. It's a characteristic of being an addict or an alcoholic. Selfishness, self-centeredness, asshole. Uh, you can put all those name tags on me for sure. Yeah, because we were juicers and junkies. That's what we are. At the core of who we are, that's who we are. Once we accept the fact that we are and we surrender and we'll turn our will and our lives over to the care of whatever the fuck you want to call it, God, all of Buddha, Jehovah, the universe, tree in your backyard, whatever the hell you want to call it, then things will get better. But if we continue to do this in all of our relationships, yeah. you might as well just, no, no, you shouldn't give up. Sorry, I shouldn't say that. It's time to move on then. Like you got to learn to work on here, work right in here first, work from the inside. Yeah, because... We're so good at wearing lipstick. I call it lipstick. Like when we leave the, the house and go out into the real world, we got our lipstick. But the outsides don't match the insides or the insides don't match the outsides. Okay. And you have to get both. And I was a guy that wore a suit every day of my life playing professional hockey. And it was a great, it was a great disguise because fucking fun all dressed up and looking good. My hair is slick. Nobody's going to ask me about inside, right? That's why. I don't give a shit anymore. I wear a baseball cap every day. I wear a hoodie all day long. I don't care. And the only time I get dressed up is to go into work now. Yeah, this is me. This is me. And if they can't accept it, then it's time for them to move on or they're not meant to be in your life. Because it's not about things. It's not about things. Not at all. It's about peace. It's about joy. It's about happiness and it's about serenity. I love Because I lived for so long not experiencing any of those things. Even though I was like having the most unbelievable, successful professional life, I didn't feel good enough. Never felt good. The more I achieved, the worse I felt. It's crazy that you say that, but it, it, it's so true though. Like you weren't taking care of you. You were just pleasing the fans and whomever else you were performing for. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was a false sense of security. It really was. Before we go on the show today, Theo, I love, I, I have a, question i like to ask just random silly question it's called the what the fuck question part of the show Perfect. what kind of secret society would you like to start okay so in the mental health space pretty much every single professional has priced themselves out of the market right therapy is only for the elite i i, I like that you say that and i want to yeah it's crazy how much therapy is it's not cheap yeah. I, i'm yeah. glad i'm able to afford it but it's yeah. not cheap it's not for every it's crazy the cheapest most effective kind of therapy I know is group therapy because it doesn't cost anything. All it costs is your time. That's it. You get a bunch of people in a room, use vulnerability to create safety. And then once you have safety in the room, that's when the magic of healing happens. So if we're going to overcome this epidemic of mental illness, 
We got to get people in rooms. We got to create communities, healing communities where we can talk about trauma. And that's the model that I believe is the most effective because I've been doing it for 14 years. Okay. And because in 12 step, you can't talk about sexuality or these kind of things. And what happens is that one person you turn the light bulb on, like you have them now for the rest of their life, because now they're safe, they're comfortable. They're not fearful. They're not embarrassed. And when a newcomer in that room sees that person stand up, stand in their truth, speak their truth, it gives them courage, right? To do the same thing. And the one who shined, you shined the light bulb on, who had the sort of spiritual awakening in the moment, what happens to them? They become a peer. They become a peer. So I am a big proponent on the peer-to-peer -peer counseling model, because a lot of times the therapist that you're seeing hasn't experienced what you've experienced. So they lack the compassion, empathy part to fully and totally be present and attuned to you. I like that you say that though, because it's so true. They've only gone to school. They have their PhD or whatever it is they've gone through to yeah. school because that's something that interested them. But yeah. did they live that walk of life for whatever time, amount of time? Most of them haven't. That's the thing. Exactly. And you, in therapy, I find the first thousand dollars that you spend in therapy is developing relationship with your therapist. You're not actually getting to the peace that needs healed. So true. It, it is because it takes a while. And, and I've gone around the merry-go-round trying to find that right therapist to that right fit. It's like firing your lawyer or whatever. I've fired so many therapists because I just couldn't find the right fit. Yeah, exactly. People know if they're going to a group therapy session that deals with trauma, mental health, and addiction, you're in the right place, which is most 12-step groups. You know why you're there. They know why they're there. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Before we go, you want to let everyone know where they can come follow you or where they can check you out, pick up your book. Yeah, if you just go to my website, theoflurry.life theoflurry.life. And then I'm on all social media platforms as well. So, and I always say whenever I'm on a podcast, if you got nobody to talk to and you're struggling and you're feeling alone, reach out to me on social media or send me an email on my website and I guarantee I will get back to you within the hour. And I appreciate that you about you. You told me when, I, when I, I've been trying to get Theo on guys for a little while on the show and it finally happened. He's a busy man, but he will get back to you. Yeah, for sure. Because that's how it works. When I made a choice and decision that I was in this for the long haul, then I got to back it up with action. Yeah. You can't be, you got to talk the talk. You got to walk the walk as well, in, including yeah. talking the talk. Absolutely. hundred percent. So yeah. And if you're afraid of healing, don't be. It's the greatest journey you'll ever take in your life. Truly. I, yeah. No, it's, it's so true, man. Just feel that inner peace, get that burden or get whatever that story, that trauma that's in you guys. Get it out of you. It, it's just like lifting that weight off your chest. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. <laughs> Lift the bail, guys. And what I've found is I'm certainly never alone in, in my struggles. I would say the majority of human beings struggle with something. That's at its basic core of, of all of this is that we're all damaged in some way, shape, or form. But you can fix the damage. You'd fix it if you want. Thanks again for all your insights and great, great insights today. And what you shared today, Theo, it was truly amazing and truly a pleasure to talk to you today, man. Yeah, it's been my pleasure. Uh, I appreciate any opportunity I get to talk about this stuff. It's not talk about it. It really isn't. 
It really isn't. It needs to be talked about more. And you are right. The epidemic, the great epidemic, the biggest epidemic out there is addictions, mental illness, those types of things. I've, I I can't even count how many friends. I, I, I would say that trauma is the biggest epidemic. It is. That is true. That is true. Yeah, so. And it's not talked about enough. And, and I want to make people afraid not to talk about it. Yeah. But you're not going to get well until you tap into the trauma. It's as simple as that. Very true. If you're not talking about trauma, you're just going through the motions. You hit a bang on there, man. Yeah. I hope you have a great rest of your day, man. And it was a pleasure. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah, it's been my pleasure. I appreciate the opportunity.